Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah! Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Yes, you do. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hello. On today's show, we will talk TV. BJ, you've been watching a lot of television. You know, I do that sometimes. Uh-huh. Okay, and, all the time. Well, in, in addition to uh, TV, you've been playing some board games as well. You know, I do that sometimes. <laughs> all, right, all the time. Sometimes at the same time. And of course, we'll get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. (laughs) Or just search for BJJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And like I said, a lot of television is being watched by BJ over there. And you actually have gotten in on the new Peacock. Uh, It's not a station. It's uh, like the app, right? It's an app, but it was free. Uh, And I, I, I don't know how this happened. I didn't have to enter any cable information or TV information. I just got to make up a username or basically my email address, give them a password, and next thing you know, I'm peacocking. Yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. looking up on peacocktv.com, and yeah, you can stream right now, and you can get it for free. Email there, and password is all it takes. Yeah, there are commercials, but not many, and maybe someday they'll offer a commercial-free v- oh. version like CBS. And here's the deal. Yes, sir. Like, you have the basic version. Yes, I'm basic. They're going. <laughs> I wasn't going to cast any aspersions towards you, sir, um, but it looks like you can get the Peacock Premium for $4.99 a month, which will unlock everything. Oh. So, well. this is how they first get you. They'll get you some of the some of the stuff that you want to watch. Does They're the premium version uh, come with more colors or something? Um, uh, it just says unlock everything More episodes. The Peacock oh. has to offer. So probably specific yeah. movies or some of the other things. And maybe, yeah, maybe they'll give you a taste kind of like what uh, some of the uh, like Comixology yeah. did, where you can get a lot of free comics, but not like a full run of something. Maybe the first episode of a show that I'm probably going to dig. Yeah. Called Brave New World. Oh, so what? Yeah, what is this one? Based on the uh, Aldous Huxley novel. And uh, a, a, wow. a lot of people have done stuff based on the Brave New Worldian type of universe. Universe and I, 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 but this one here is brand new, and I've only watched uh, like a quarter to a half of the episode. I, I decided, oh, let me pop it in before I uh, we we talk through this podcast mm-hmm. because I've been hearing about it and uh, it's got some cool people in it, which is why I I want to check it out. A lot of great British actors and also uh, a, a person uh, that you've heard about. In a galaxy far, far away, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, who, of course, played Young Solo. Oh. He's one of the main characters in uh, Brave New World. I will get, as well as Jessica Brown Finley, Finley, of course, who uh, you may remember from Downton Abbey as Lady Sybil, the young one that never, (laughs) I think, spoiler alert, died. Yeah, I think maybe you and I would uh, recognize that. She was also in the Black Mirror uh, in one of the episodes. The episodes where they all had to exercise a lot, like they were riding those bikes. Mm -hmm. She was in that episode. Oh, okay, yeah. That was uh, a fun episode. And then, of course, one that Vicky will love, uh, Harry Lloyd. And Harry, of course, is the uh, golden-crowned brother of Daenerys. <laughs> and oh, he was also a, yeah. No, it wasn't him. I was thinking he, he was, was also Vic, Professor was, X. Oh, he was. That was Legion. him. Yes, and I, he was also in the Family of Blood, which was a great Doctor Who two-parter. Uh, that's where I first saw Harry Lloyd uh, do his acting chops. So I have to imagine that he's not having that awesome white uh, wig that Viserys had in no. uh, Game of Thrones. No, he's uh, <laughs> But this is an interesting... I, I, here's what I'll tell you about Brave New World. It's uh, great effects uh, as far as taking you into the future of what uh, New London will look like. But it's pretty simple. There are three rules in New London. No privacy, 
No. No family and no monogamy. Oh, so you can just bang people anywhere you want to? And And you would think that would be amazing. (laughs) You would think that would be amazing, but imagine monogamy actually being as frowned upon as adultery was 300 years ago. Whoa. To the point where, and they covered this at the beginning of the episode, and I won't spoil it, but in the beginning of the episode, there is a monogamous situation that is not good. Like, it is hush-hush. Somebody's brought in to talk about a monogamous situation that they're in, and it is, it's, they really establish how chilling this new world is very quickly, this brave new world. I like it a lot because, of course, um, those actors are amazing, and um, it looks good. And there's a mystery that uh, this, this show begins to uh, you know, introduce, like what the hell happened, and I, uh, I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot, so it might be reason enough for me to actually pay that five bucks a month because, the, yeah, you hooked me. Mm-hmm. I bet it's just a free episode, and if I want more, I'm going to have to pay. But Well, yeah, I don't know yet for sure. Um, just looking at it right now, uh, there's also a ad free version for another five bucks. So if you want to go and get basically nine ninety nine, will get you everything uh, on Peacock with no ads. So it might be worthwhile for it. I know, I know. You always lament the fact that it's like, but, well, this is like cable at this point, right? With all the different services. But I also don't mind an ad because then I can go pee. Uh, good point. <laughs> you could just yeah. pause it too. Woman. I know, but it's just like an excuse. <laughs> pee break. Let's go. It reminds me of childhood. You yeah, know? commercial break. How fast can we do this? Yeah, I think if I start getting really irritated at the commercials, I might have to. That's what happened with uh, CBS All Access. Uh, is that I started getting irritated. But then it was there were more shows I was watching on CBS All Access, so it made it it made it. All right, I'll pay. And that's what I did with Hulu as well. I do the ad free version for that, uh, just because it's just easier that way. I don't want to wait through commercials. You should do that for the Peacock right Network, uh, and then share your password with me. Uh, well, we'll we'll see about that. Damn it! Well, yeah, maybe I'll just try out the free. See if maybe I can get uh get all the shows that I want to watch and see how they get me on that. Yeah. Worry about that. But you're giving uh, so far Brave New World a thumbs up. Well, I'll tell you the first quarter and a half episode is really good. <laughs> nice. I'll just tell you that right now. I'll and, let you know later. And checking out the the wiki actually at some of the casts and there might be spoilers, so I won't say who was in it. But it's an interesting uh, person that uh, is uh, in the show. Oh, I uh, well, I know one person who I used to like from another sci-fi show. Oh, uh, really? Science fiction. Well, Ghost is in it, if you remember from uh, Ant-Man uh, versus oh. and the Wasp, yep. Hannah John Common. Uh, yeah. So she's great. And so I see that she's in the cast list. I haven't seen her show mm-hmm. up yet in my episode. She's but... also in the trailer. I just watched the trailer. Oh, ah. really? I didn't see. I haven't even well, watched the trailer. Oh, you just went into that I went blind. into it because wow. I know Brave New World. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's, I, I read it years ago like when I was a young guy. I can't remember tell you what it was about, but it's about a world that was brave and yeah, it was new. But I'm excited, to, and because it's been so long, I don't have the book to go, ah, it's nothing like the book. I have no idea if it well, is or isn't. Yeah, the book was written in the 30s. So yeah, hey. but I like what they're doing so far. Uh, some other shows that you've been watching are actually, I don't know, are they recreations of old ones? Because I know with like the Twilight Zone, yes, it absolutely. Is. It's, a, yes. It's, it's a recreation in Jordan Peele's version season or vision two. of it, and you're on to season two now. Yeah, and so far I've really dug it. Uh, I've, I'm four episodes in on season two. I think this time they dropped them all quick. I, I, I can't understand what's going on with CBS All Access because with Star Trek, they don't drop all the episodes quick. They, they, they made you go week to week. 
With this, I feel like they did. Somebody told me they had binged all the episodes right when it came out, and I'm like, I yeah. did not know they did season that. Season two dropped everything June 25th, 2020. Every- That's interesting. And season one, yeah, was just done uh, weekly. Yeah, okay. Because it so went through April through the end of May. This is a, this is a change. I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm watching it weekly anyway, or at least semi-weekly because there's just so many shows I watch. Mm-hmm. I've liked it so much. Uh, I've, as I, they've had some great casting. They put people in this uh, these new Twilight Zone episodes. People you know from other stuff, like the young man in black from Westworld was the was a feature in uh, the first episode. Really, of the second season. One of called... the McPoyles. From, yes, uh, exactly. Always sunny. From always sunny. Yes. <laughs> Uh, great episode, Meet in the Middle, about a dude that uh, can't seem to find love uh, in the in the world until he starts finding telepathic love. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Interesting. Uh, then uh, Marina Baccarin, we know, of course, from Firefly and V and uh, uh, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in an episode called Downtime, which I was really fascinating. It was, an it, it, again... There's an idea that's actually being recreated a lot, and that is the idea that we get to exist in a digital world. And usually it means it's when you're dead or when you're whatever. Yeah. This episode shows that you don't have to be dead to exist in a digital world. Um, and uh, well, that, so that was a really good one. Uh, then there was the one where there was this actor who decided to, um, he really couldn't get a job. And then all of a sudden, he ended up putting on some really great performances because something happened to him that had him have to play different roles. And that's all I'm going oh, to say. Huh. And, and um, the actor uh, who is in it, uh, he's been in a lot of good stuff. I think his name is Ethan something or other. Um, <laughs> he's he's currently one of the brothers in Grace and Frankie. You know, uh, you've got Coyote. He's Coyote. He's Coyote. Coyote in Grace and Frankie. I love Coyote. Yeah, and he's a great actor. Uh, and let's see. Uh, he also, Ethan, he was, Ethan Embry. There he, we go. He was in a few episodes of Once Upon a Time, but wasn't or it wasn't bad. He wasn't in the bad seasons. And in that same episode, we got to see Daniel Sunjata again. And I haven't seen Daniel since Rescue Me. He was uh, one of the dudes in the firehouse back in the day. Oh, wow. And I haven't seen, I don't know if Daniel's done other stuff and I just have missed it, but it was really fun to see him again. So that was episode three. And then finally I watched uh, a fourth episode, which was called Ovation. A lot of people on IMDb didn't give it a high rating, but it was a fascinating concept of like, what would it be like to be a pop star and really, do they love what you do or do they just love the idea that they love you? Is in, and it's a very interesting episode uh, called Ovation, and um, so so far the first four episodes I've actually thought were very clever. Um, Jordan Peele did something that I don't know if Rod Serling ever did. Jordan Peele kind of interacted with like part of the episode. Oh yeah, I don't know if Rod ever did that yeah, as the he narrator. Was usually just the intro, but and I can't the remember if he did because it. it makes me want to go back and watch all the Rod Serling episodes. But it's I don't have that much time right now. You don't think you do? I don't. I have other things on my docket. <laughs> uh, but so Twilight Zone, I think, is worth a watch. My wife keeps asking, "Is it like the old shows? Is it?" Cre-? And it really nothing can be like the old shows. But these are clever one-shot, you know, episodes that I think really are, are, are very well done. And I love that Jordan Peele loves Twilight Zone so much that he's really putting his all into it the way he does. And I really appreciate that. Plus, it makes me think that Jordan's a geek. Oh, and yeah. He, I, totally, I, he totally And is. I didn't know he was as big of a geek as he appears to be, and I love that. Yeah, and it's kind of funny now, like, realizing that he's also such a huge horror fan. Yes. Like, go back and just watch some of the old Key and Peels, and there are some times where it gets dark, and he gets dark, and it's... 
it's really fun to see that now. That's another thing. I never was a Key and Peele guy. I know that Joey D's watched that show a lot, and that makes me want to go back and watch Key and Peele because of how much I dig what Jordan's doing these days. Yeah, they're a lot of, like a lot of other sketch comedy shows, hit and miss. You mm-hmm. know, good episodes, bad episodes, but man, like Gangster Hogwarts is hilarious, <laughs> and A.A. Ron and all the football names. Yeah, I mean, they have some really good ones. They have some yeah. filthy ones that are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe there's like a, like you can go on YouTube or something and just get like the, the best ones to watch, the I'm best sure sketches. I'm sure you can. All right. Well, somebody can do that. Somebody will give me that. But that's that's the Twilight Zone. And then finally, uh, yeah, on, in the same note, uh, there's a show on Disney, not Disney Plus. It's actually on Apple TV. Yeah, another and, service. Yes, I know. <laughs> Apple TV Plus. Everything's plus or minus. So plus. You know what? So much plus and a lot of minus on my money. That's really what's happening. They're taking <laughs> my cash. Yeah, this one interested me, too, because I don't know if you remember watching the old school Amazing Stories. Yes. And, I mean, this was, God, the 80s, and I think maybe it was like on NBC or something back in the day but it was one of those ones where it was kind of like what they've done like Netflix has done with Unsolved Mysteries where there are these fantastic stories and then you're getting to hear about them and you're like maybe these things are true maybe they're not but overall they're super entertaining and for like a little kid I loved all that ridiculous stuff and they've brought it back for Apple TV I think that yeah I think that you're going to find that it's uh, pretty good and I find it very very interesting I don't know what's going on with society and I wonder um, because they didn't like episode two. Uh, and, you know, I have my own commentary. I think if you watch episode two, I think there's there may be a reason. And I, I really feel like sometimes I just don't understand people. Maybe it was too much of an emotional episode. Maybe there was a lot involved. Uh, it involved people of color. And maybe I, I don't get why it got such a bad rating because it was a really powerful story. But maybe, you know, maybe people didn't dig it. The first episode was if you love The Notebook. Mm-hmm. I told my daughter, you're going to love The Cellar. It was a, it, it, it's all I will tell you about amazing stories. And then episode two, which is I only, that's as far as I've gotten so far with this, because, again, there's so many new shows. Uh, it's called The Heat. And um, <laughs> it's a very interesting story, and it's actually about love. So far, love has been intertwined in both of these first two episodes. Uh, and that's why I think the people that gave the episode two such a bad rating, I think, missed the boat. Maybe they didn't watch them in order. Uh, maybe because the characters weren't relatable because they're young girls uh, on a track team, you know, in, in, in the in, in the inner city. I don't know. They're people of color. I don't understand it. But to me, a great story is a great story. I don't know how everybody gave it such a bad review. I was I I was touched by this story, and even to the point where a tear came to my eye at the end of the episode. So. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe the world's an idiot. I don't know. But I feel like uh, Amazing Stories is well worth a watch from the first two episodes I've seen on, t- on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Nice, nice. I mean, a lot of stuff. I mean, you're watching a ton of things. I surely am. But you're also board gaming. Oh, well, well are you? Well, <laughs> how uh, much board gaming are you doing? Joey's going to find out today as I'm Uh-oh. preparing for a new game, which I'm not going to talk about today. I want to give it a play before I do talk about it because. And I, then Joe can rage about it. Yeah. Well, because I, I may. <laughs> I've actually had a relationship a little bit uh, because I bought some stuff directly from the game maker, this dude in Germany, and he wants the game to get more uh, notice and pub here in, in the States. And it could be an epic game. So I hope it is. I'll find out. But the game I want to talk about, there's a couple. And uh, the first one, uh, this is an example of good, really, rule book mania, uh, just basically a a game that could be really good, and the rule book ruins it, and how important it is to have a good rule book. 
And apparently, you know, what I found from the gaming industry is is that you can make a great game and make a horrible w- rule book. Like for some reason, they, they don't go together. <laughs> like the skill set to design the game, you think the person that made the game would be able to make a good rule book, and somehow, some way, it doesn't happen that way. And sometimes, if there's any language barriers, if the game is designed outside of, uh, let's say, my native language, which is English, it's even tougher sometimes to get the right people to translate it properly. And when you have a heavy game with a lot of moving pieces. It's frustrating as hell when something is translated wrong or not. It's just not evident. And that's with Galactic Warlords. It looked really cool. Uh, It's like basically space risk. There's area majority influence. There's card drafting. There's dice rolling. There's a modular board. There's variable player powers. So really, you thought, okay, uh, art by the Miko, who's done a lot of Valeria Card Kingdom stuff. And, you know, the Miko's artwork. He's done other stuff as well. Um so it looked like, all right, this is, you know, I mean, I'm, I, this is all over it. Space game. The Miko's done the artwork. Yeah, right. And I love the idea of the area control, variable board, and it's the, the, the card crafting is the way you get your actions in the game. So there are many different actions you can take, but it really depends on the cards you play and then the action icons on the card. So you might go, geez, I really want to do this, but damn it, it's not on the card. Uh, but this is the card that I have, and I want to play this card because it'll help me get more points. And I do love games that make you think that way. I believe it's a good game because there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of take that. So our boy Sean from uh, Think 12 Games would love this. <laughs> but yeah, the right. idea is, is basically you're trying to get victory points by basically landing your troops on planets. And you have these different units that do different things that either A, will give you more dice to roll or give you more hits to get. So it's risk-like in, you know, you're putting your units down and you're fighting each other, but uh, there's a lot more variable, and uh, I shouldn't say variable, there's a lot more asymmetry, player powers. You can control your own destiny better than how risk sometimes you just want to throw just, the board. Yeah, it's just the dice, yeah. And I know there are other versions of risk that mitigate that, but I'd rather just play other games at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. I, I played risk my whole life in my teens, <laughs> so I'm, I'm so risked out that I don't care if it's risk 20, 2020, 1999. There's no reward in that risk I for just, you. Exactly. There's no reward at all. <laughs> uh, so Galactic Warlords, if you can get it for a good price, it's called Battle for Dominion. Um, I would say go for it. Uh, go online, get every fact you can, study those damn rules, study all the facts, ask questions to people, because a good game can be ruined if people don't know how to play it. We've had that experience with uh, me playing, what was it? It was uh, Thunderstone. Thunderstone. Yeah. And you're like, this will be a great game, and we we were playing it wrong and, and that's my bad. I, I mean, I was—I should never have introduced you to a game that I didn't know how to play. It's such a—it's such a disservice to the game company. And I—and I just—and he's like nothing against Thunderstone at this point, but it's just like I don't—I like I see the name, and it just gives me negative connotation. So yeah. I'll just play anything else. And it really sucks because arguably Thunderstone had issues because when AEG um, basically took the license or whatever and redesigned the game, uh, well, actually maybe they always had it, but whatever they did a redo. They really cleaned up a lot of stuff and made it so much more friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they have quests, so I just got a new uh, Kickstarter in. <laughs> so you can keep going on journey after journey after journey in Thunderstone while still playing the game, unlocking cool things, new weapons, new things. Um, it's an enjoyable game now that I'll never get you to play because no. you're so traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's very easy. Like there's there's nothing to this new version of Thunderstone as far as learning, Aww. but there's still the complexity that they wanted to have there, but just cleaned it up. Uh, and it's like the difference between Twilight Imperium three and Twilight Imperium four. The oh. clean, cleaning up a game and making it easier for people to figure out. Oh my god! Like you go, you know what? That doesn't have to be that difficult. 
So let's I mean, just I, not make it that difficult. <laughs> I do think that, I don't know, it, maybe it's the Eurogamer person and the folks in Europe in general who like to have things a little bit more complicated. They love complication to the point where, you know, it's like, if you can't read the rules, it's a great game. It's like, no, I, I want to play the game. I don't think the rule book should be part of the difficulty of the game. So make sure you know how to play Galactic Warlords Oh yeah, so you like, don't get into this. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the rule book, if you have a question and the rule book says one thing, but the player rate says another, and there were mistakes made, the proofreading errors. Oh, and then, oh, you're, then, uh. you're, then your mind questions, well, which is right and which is wrong? And then you yeah. go, if you play enough games like I do, you go, well, I guess from a player balance standpoint, knowing enough Magic the Gathering, you go, this would be overpowered if it was like this, so maybe it should be like this. And that's not something I want to have to do. I yeah. want the designer to have figured that out and then get the rule book right. Unfortunately, with a lot of these small Kickstarter people, they don't have the money or the wherewithal. This guy, Paul Grogan, who does gaming rules videos and people know him, he's now been hired by a lot of people to write rule books because he's that good and oh, he's good that call. meticulous. Yeah. Um, and he really, really is good at it, too. So I... Um, yeah, so uh, but I like it. I really like the game. Just be warned that you will have to go online, go to BGG, and get all of the facts, <laughs> get everything, and really learn it and think you know it and ask questions if you don't to anybody. Heck, you can even email me if you want nice. uh, and get in touch with me. Absolutely. The, the other game I want to talk about, I'm telling you something. Uh -oh. I, you know, as much as I'm like Galactic Warlords going, yeah, it's okay. You know, I mean, I really it could be better. There's a game that our buddy Josh from uh, the Board Game Alliance and the Omega Gamers introduced to us. It is his new favorite game. We recently had a birthday party. And really? Said, Whatever game you want to play, what do you want to play? And he said, let's play this game, a game called Forgotten Waters. And it is by Plat Hat Games. And oh, I, I like Plat Hat. They're the ones who did Dead of Winter. Yes. And it's as a matter of fact, these are the mechanics. They've got, you know, these oh. dead I mean, not exactly the same mechanics, but Plat Hat has come out with a sort of mechanical system for games like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I don't know the name of the system right now because I'm really bad, but Josh would. Um, <laughs> so it's designed by uh, Mr. Bistro, J. Arthur Ellis, and um, Isaac Vega, and art done by uh, Anton Fadev and Nadiza Timakariva. And I apologize because I just, I'm not really good at pronouncing <laughs> your names. Um, and. Here's the thing, man. It plays three to seven. And three to seven. Here's where Vicky's uh, Vicky's eyes are going to perk up. I should say her ears are going to perk up and her eyes are going to open. It is a pirate game. <laughs> nice. And it is a pirate narrated, almost choose your own adventure game. Ooh. And it is tremendous. A lot of people like this game called Near and Far by Ryan Lockett because of the fact that it's almost like a choose your own adventure. A lot of these games that do that, though, you open a book and you read it yourself. Yeah, and yeah. look, not everybody's a great reader, and some people are really bad at reading. And there's nothing that kills a game than listening to a monotone reading or even people just stumbling. Mm -hmm. It's why I don't like those games. I, I hate them. I go, I, I understand the beauty behind them. It's another reason why playing Dungeons & Dragons with a bad DM. Uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, you yeah. know, you're just like, man, is this just, just killing well, they solved all that. The folks at Forgotten Waters went out and got voice artists. And Ooh. this game is tremendous. You get your little small smart speaker, and everything's run by the app. Oh, and you've that's got a, cool. You've got a binder book, which a lot of folks might remember was very similar from Near and Far. There's a binder book that'll tell you what page to go to, and there are actions you can take on this page, along with a beautiful illustrated picture showing you if you're in calm waters or if you're in some other thing. And I'm not going to spoil a lot what goes on in the story, but my goodness, you all 
get a character, and it's always a new character every time you play this game. You can finish a mission, and then there's a new mission you do with, with a bunch of new characters. But you have cool, fun character names, and you have attributes that your character may or may not be good at that you can improve upon. And you have to discuss it as a, as, as a crew. And you basically are in a situation, say, guys, what are we going to do? You make your choice, and then the narration happens. There is so much humor in this, by the way. That's the other thing. The game doesn't take itself too, take, take itself too seriously. Sound effects and great voice acting that you really enjoy yourself playing this game. That sounds cool. I will tell you one scenario that I had, which just shows you how fun this game can be, is that you've got a bunch of people. Around you, they're on your, you know, you got a captain Mm -hmm. and you've got the first mate, you've got everybody who's got their own jobs. Now, I decided that I was going to develop my ability to talk to people. Like, I was going to be the talker of the group. And we had a ship come upon us. It was a military ship that was going to blow us to bits. Well, I decided to parlay, which is like, let me go over and see if I can work out a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to discuss this stuff amicably. Exactly. Something like that. So we had a damaged ship. They outgunned us. I went over, and I negotiated a deal where they were going to repair our ship, give us all treasure, and let us go on our way, which we needed to because we needed to go find a a place. Mm -hmm. And... My guys were like, no, we're pirates! And I was overruled, and they all decided to continue to attack this ship. Oh, no. And, of course, we get our asses kicked. And you're like, I tried, guys! But it's such a fun story, because every time we talk about that mission, it is like, hey, you guys remember the time BJ negotiated a great deal? We said no, and we got the ship killed. Um, This game is super, super fun, and it is not difficult to play. I mean, it really is simple to play. You literally go, I will choose this action, and that's what you do. I nice. mean, and, and that's it. And then the game takes you away. Um, very, very simple, but at the same time, really cool stuff. So it's called Forgotten Waters from Plat Hat Games. Uh, I, you know, this is. Uh, I might have to borrow this, this one from a, Josh if he lets me it's borrow it. It's a terrific, it. terrific game with I don't know how many adventures, because each adventure can take an hour to four hours just in itself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but that's okay. I mean, because you get to also pause it, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and then there's a new mission you get to go on. And even if you survive and pass the mission, you yourself still may be dead for a reason because you just didn't do because you have your own goals. You have your own stuff you're trying to do. If you remember Dead of Winter, you were trying to do your own thing, even though you were trying to cooperate. Yep. And so it's the same thing with this game where, you know, some people go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You're like, don't you understand? We need this shit. Well, I'm going to go do this because it's better for me. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So. uh, So Forgotten Waters, man. Yeah, it's fun. It's so good. The audio is, the, the acting is so what makes, to me, makes this game. It's just the great acting. Now it makes me wish that they would do that. For uh, Dead of Winter, maybe they have. I'll have to look that up and check see. it out. <laughs> I mean, this, if this game is as successful as I think it will be, they will not be the last. Nice. Now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what is going on? You know what I love? What? Trivia. Of course you do. I'm surprised it wasn't memes. No. Uh, well, I've been wanting to do more pub trivia, but uh, well, there's some things preventing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do the trivia without the pub right here. Right. And this is, it's not so much like questions, just fun little facts. And I love it. Okay. Because the first one is about the Matrix. Ooh, okay. Did you know that the Matrix code that you see, the, the little green uh-huh. code, yeah. is made up of Japanese sushi recipes? Are you serious? Oh, that's really that's cool. That's funny. So which one's the blonde? Which one's the redhead? Which one's the brunette? It's a cipher joke. Don't yep, worry about right. it. 
uh, or The Shining that Daniel Lloyd, the child actor in The Shining, mm-hmm. didn't actually know he was involved in a horror movie until seven years later. I've heard a lot oh, of the times funny. when little kids are in horror movies and stuff like that where you need, you know, sometimes the creepy, terrifying child, uh, they won't know that they're doing that. They just think that they're doing some fun sort of thing. They're silly. Or- and it, yeah, and it's like acting for kids is just playing pretend anyway. So a lot of the times you can just be like, well, we won't worry about these monsters or we can add them CGI later. We don't need to worry about that. Uh, Did you know that O.J. Simpson was once considered for the Terminator, but producers feared he was just too nice to be a killer? Huh. You know, there was a time where people thought that about him. Well, and I mean, yeah, he was big in, was it the Naked Naked Gun? Gun. Yeah, the Naked Gun movies, I remember him being in this. And they featured the Seattle Mariners. I used to watch those movies with my dad all the time. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Or Titanic, that the movie Titanic costs more to make than the actual ship itself. (laughs) That's not surprising. The funny part about Titanic was that, like, James Cameron made that movie just so he could basically bring up the Titanic. Like, that was one of the whole reasons. He wanted to go down, yeah? Yeah, he wanted to go down and check it because before, like that, it wasn't, you just didn't, they didn't even hardly know about Mm -hmm. the fact or where it was. And then technology and what he has done had made it possible. So, in the movie Up... According Mm. to someone who works at Pixar, they said, we ended up using 10,297 for most of the floating scenes. Uh, They're talking about balloons. Okay. Uh, And 20,622 when it actually lifts off. But in real life, you'd need something like 100,000 three-foot balloons to lift a house that size. Yeah. I knew it wasn't realistic. (laughs) Although, fun fact, another fun fact. Uh uh, So did you know that the movie Up was based on a house here in Seattle where we're from? Yes, yes. It's in the Ballard section. And essentially what happened was is that the old lady didn't want to give up her house. Yes. And so the city couldn't do anything about it. So they built literally all around it. Well, I had first saw that on Imager Mm -hmm. years ago. And I'm like, oh, it's in Seattle. Where in Seattle? I live in Seattle at the time. Yep. And... I look it up Ballard. I'm in there all the time. I go to a gym in Ballard and yeah, I look and it's literally my right gym. Right across, yeah. And I had been going to that gym for a year and I never saw it because it's right behind it. Oh, for cr- and it has all the balloons on it. How'd you miss <laughs> it? I know. Another, I wasn't looking up. Another fun, oh, nice. Another fun little story about that as well is that the uh, when the old lady passed, she actually uh, gave it to one of the, uh, the, I guess it was like one of the supervisors that was working on the construction Mm -hmm. because she had nobody else and he was the only one that would go and hang out with her and talk with Mm -hmm. her and became a really good friend and would bring her groceries and do all of those things. So he was essentially like one of the last people to even just hang out with her. Mm -hmm. Aww. A not-so-sweet movie. Uh Fight Club. Okay. We're not supposed to talk about it. Well, (laughs) did you know that Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, in that scene where they're hitting uh, golf balls on the side of the catering truck, they're actually drunk. They were drunk. Yeah, they were hammered and doing doing it as well. Yeah. I love Uh, that trivia. Yeah. I love Fight Club. (laughs) Um, This one, I don't know if I needed to know, Uh but I'm going to bestow it on you. Okay. Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito plays the penguin. Yes. He got bit in the testicles by a monkey during filming. A monkey? I, like, if you would have finished that sentence with penguin, I would have been a little more, like, accepting of it. Was there a monkey sort of like a, 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 a like one of those uh, whatever, I, organ grind, grinder guys? Where was a monkey in that movie? <laughs> I don't know. That's but, exactly. I'm, like, Googling Batman Returns monkey. But apparently he was uh, on the Graham Norton show, and he talks that, about that story. So you just type in the Graham Norton story, show and Danny DeVito... Balls monkey. Okay. You can find it. Balls there monkey. There is an actual monkey in the movie. 
Yeah, there was uh, one of the... It was like a capuchin or... Yeah, yeah, it was one of those little ones. And it seemed like one of the weirder Gotham- Gothamites uh, was <laughs> one of them that like was wearing like Victorian clothes. And there was a monkey. Oh, that's an adorable monkey. Haven't you always wanted a monkey to bite you in the boys? Not after mm. friends, no. I'm oh. pretty good with that. <laughs> uh, so this probably goes for the rev. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, Leatherface, yes. So Night Court star John Larquette, it was his first film role, was the narrator at the beginning of the original te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And for his participation, Uh-oh. he was compensated with a single joint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, job, sure, John. why not? Yeah. Well, I don't have any money for you. Here's a joint. That seems about right if you uh, consider the character that he played on Night Court. Oh, God, this one smells bad. Nope. What? Borat. During his production of Borat, they never washed his suit, and it smelled oh. awful. And this was done to add another layer of discomfort for anyone coming oh. in contact with him. See, we've got, a, we've got a guy here that works with us on the show named Steve, who is a hockey guy. And uh, I've smelled his hockey jerseys that have been Mm-mm. sitting in his car Mm-mm. for a while. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. nope. Not good. Nope. No bueno. And this is one of those, like... It's it's a really dumb piece of trivia, but I kind of like it. In X-Men First Class, this is the second time that January Jones, who played um, Emma Frost, yes. has been cast in 1962 opposite to an actor with a pork-based name. The first one was in Mad Men opposite to John Hamm. John Hamm. And then this one alongside Kevin Bacon. Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting that's, point. That's a kind Dude, of dumb trivia. They need to make a show, a reality show that just follows John and Kevin around and literally just call it Ham and Bacon. Yeah. I like this plan. Maybe they could check out breakfast places. I don't care. Pork related. Yeah. Called Hammond. Hammond. <laughs> Ah, it's like Hamilton, but but with them spicier and saltier. <laughs> Definitely saltier. So apparently in Man of Steel, the one that you know nobody really oh, liked. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. how many of the movies have anybody liked? Yeah. The languages that General Zod's broadcast translate to are English, Chinese, Portuguese, Esperanto, and Klingon. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Esperanto. Oh, that was the one that was created for the movie that Shatner did, right? Oh. What movie was that? Esperanto was the language. Yeah, it was like a weird auxiliary language, kind of out of uh, Latin. I'm not even sure what movie that would be that Shatner's yeah. done. I can't think of any no movies idea. he's done that isn't Star Trek. <laughs> it was called Incubus, 1966 okay. horror film that was done in Esperanto. Oh, yeah. And that was the language they was it was made for that movie and that's it? Yes. That's a real deep cut. Yeah. Weird. Should have spent a little bit more time on the movie and less on the languages, huh? Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, we got another monkey piece of trivia. Monkey. And and a, a monkey biting. Okay, it's <laughs> another a monkey chimp. biting. Ooh. So, while filming the movie Nemo uh Nem- Nemomia. Anyways, it's Creepers. It's not Creepers. They (laughs) changed the name, so whatever. Jennifer Connelly had part of her finger bitten off by a chimp (gasps) during filming. So she's missing a little bit of her finger? Or do they reattach it? I'm like, I'm not sure if it's like a tip or if it's like side of her finger. Like a little nubby part? I don't know. She's got a little nubby finger? Ow. Chimpy, why? That's not right. Yeah, well, don't trust the chimps, man. And one more. This one kind of. I'm like, oh, poor guys. Uh, so Kiefer Sutherland, who was in Stand By Me, mm-hmm. claimed in an interview that in one of the locations of the film, a Renaissance fair was being held, and the cast and crew attended and bought some cookies. Unfortunately, 
The cookies turned out to be pot cookies, and two hours later, the crew found Jerry O'Connell crying (laughs) and high on cookies somewhere in the park. And he was a little kid at this point, or like barely a teenager at this point. He was a little chubby boy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he didn't know what happened or what was going on or what was wrong with him. Oh, that sucks. And if he was anybody like me... He ate a bunch of those. I was going to say, that's a lot of cookies. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah, someone bought me cookies. I'm eating all of them. Yeah, all of them. Uh, <laughs> I <okay>. love it. <laughs> yeah, watch what you eat, guys. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.